Good morning. It is time to get up with the magic of Luka. An incredible performance, an incredible comeback, an incredible collapse by the Knicks. Plus, disarray in Denver. Whose fault is it? Can the next coach, whoever that is, actually fix Russell Wilson? And here comes Aaron Rodgers in the pack. Is the most dangerous team in the NFC. Not even in the playoffs yet. Lots to discuss here this morning on Get Up. I am Dan Graziano in for Greeny. Look who's with me today. Kimberly Martin, Tim Hasselbeck, <laughs> Sam Acho here at the Seaport. Dominique Foxworth around here somewhere. He's going to join us. There he is to talk some football in a moment. But we have to start with the performance of the night from Luka Doncic visiting the Knicks. I'm sorry, hosting the Knicks on Tuesday. He and the Dallas Mavericks starting in the fourth quarter. Just over one minute remaining. Mavs down by nine. Here's Doncic hitting the jumper. That puts the Mavs down seven. Next possession, down nine with 45 seconds left. They're going to inbound to Doncic. Into the paint. He gets a quick bucket to go. That puts them back down seven again. Now, 30 seconds left. Again down by nine. Christian Wood is going to hit a three from the wing. That finally cuts the lead to six, not seven. After a Knicks turnover, there are 20 seconds left. Doncic pass to Tim Hardaway. Tough three. He can't get it to go, but Doncic is able to come in for the rebound, and the putback is good. And one. He hit the free throw. Mavs now down by three points. After the Knicks hit one of two free throws, Mavs down four with 11 seconds left. Spencer Dinwiddie hits the three off the inbound. Mavs down one. Knicks had two more free throws. That puts Dallas down three with six seconds to play. The Knicks foul Doncic intentionally. He makes the first three free throw. Then listen to this. The flexion ball loose. Still loose. Doncic. see this again. The rebound positions himself perfectly to set up for the improbable game-tying shot. That sent the game to overtime. 53 points through through regulation ties Dirk Nowitzki for the Mavs franchise record. There's Dirk watching Luka's historic night. Just over a minute to go in overtime. Mavs by three. Puts some moves on and drives. Stops, fades away. Gets a tough shot to fall. Doncic finished the game with 60 points. 21 rebounds and 10 assists. First player ever with 60, 20, and 10 in a game. It's never been done in NBA history, a 60-point, 20-rebound, triple-double. 60 points, 20 boards, never, it never happened, baby. How's it feel right now? I'm tired as hell. <laughs> you can rest later. You're young. I need a recovery beer. Get that man a recovery beer. Lucas, 60 points, tied James Harden for the most in a triple-double all-time. Just how improbable was the win over the last 20 seasons? No team had ever come back from down by at least nine points in the final 35 seconds of regulation until last night, Luka Doncic and the Mavs pull it off. Unbelievable night from Luka. Hey, let's stay in Dallas and talk about the Cowboys, who have a big game tomorrow night in Tennessee. Last weekend, Dak Prescott rebounded from an early pick six to lead the Cowboys past the Eagles. And on Tuesday, he was asked about his accuracy and field vision. Here's what he had to say. Your completion percentage is off the charts. How well are you seeing the field? Uh, all but throwing it right to the, the D-line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, complete to the other team, right? Ball, ball still not hitting the ground. He can joke because after that pick six, he was lights out, completing 78% of his passes for 330 yards and three touchdowns. After spotting 
Philly a 10-0 lead. Dallas outscored the Eagles 40-24 the rest of the way, which included scoring the final 13 points uh, of the game. So, we have the Cowboys now two games to go. They are in the playoffs. They could still win the NFC East if they keep winning and the Eagles lose a couple, but that seems far-fetched. More importantly, we've been talking for weeks, Dominique Foxworth, about Dak and these interceptions. Do you think he turned a corner against the Eagles? Yeah, I mean, you know me. I, I try to be pretty <laughs> level-headed when it comes to the Dak conversation. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's turned any corner. He's been quite effective for a long stretch. And we've talked about it week in and week out, how they're the highest scoring offense since Dak returned. He's been good. That's not where the questions lie for this team. The questions lie with that defense, which has kind of been boom and bust. They, when they get sacks, they're really good. When they get interceptions and fumbles, they're really good. When they don't, they're giving up big plays almost as much as anyone in the league. I think over the past uh, three weeks or four weeks, they are third in the league as far as giving up big plays. And that's a problem. That's not going to sustain them through the playoffs. That's going to be the issue with this team. Kimberly, you agree the defense is what caught your eye in the last couple weeks here? Yeah, shockingly. I actually agree with Dominique for <laughs> once. Uh, no, it's the defense. I think Dak and the offense is fine. When you think about Super Bowls, like the, the indelible images to me are Aaron Donald sacking Joe Burrow, yeah. uh, the Bucks defense getting after Patrick hmm. Mahomes. So when I think about the Cowboys, it's not the offense. It's can this defense keep these high-powered offenses off the field? Can they get after the quarterback? You think about the, the winning teams in the playoffs. They're, they're allowing only 19 points. The Dallas Cowboys have to be more consistent. They have the pieces. They just need the consistency. If they can't, they're going to have to win shootouts in the sure. playoffs. Can Dak pull that off? Oh, they, this offense can definitely yeah. pull that off, and Dak can definitely pull that off. I think they have four 40-plus point games yeah. in their last eight games. Like, like to me, I, I look at them, I feel like we've had this conversation before about the Kansas City Chiefs. Like, the Chiefs have always been good. We're like, ah, oh, but is that, can that defense hold on enough? I think that ends up being the story. The offense, no doubt, is good enough. Dak is no doubt good enough. You know, I think – you know, the, the question gets posed like, hey, did he turn the corner? Is Dak finally good enough? I'd be surprised if everyone at this table and, and then, you know, Dominique, you know, would, wouldn't agree on this. That, that, like, Dak's been excellent. Like, yeah. Dak has been yeah. really good for a long time. Like, because the team hasn't won, there's this kind of perception of, like, maybe he's not good enough. Maybe he can't lead an offense. I just don't think that's true. I don't think anyone in the league feels that mm -hmm. that's true. Yeah, one thing that we did see, at least for this game that we saw last weekend, was the guys around him started to make more plays. You saw Michael Gallup with that touchdown in the corner. You saw T.Y. Hilton, third and 30, making a huge play. What we didn't see when the Cowboys played Jacksonville with people stepping up, right? Okay, drop pass that leads to a touchdown to lose the game. He was getting sacked. Not getting it. He got sacked against Philly. But he didn't have time to really make plays against Jacksonville. So I saw playmakers around Dak offensively making plays. The question's still abound on the defensive side of the ball. But I think there are small questions that can be answered relatively quickly. But, all right, on the offense, look, since he came back, they're scoring better than 35 points a game. Highest scoring offense in the league. That's not at issue. The issue with Dallas has been the mistakes, right? No. They're still a high penalty team. He, Dak Prescott, has thrown a lot of interceptions this year, uncharacteristically so. Did we see anything Sunday that makes us feel better about that? Yeah, we did. And Saturday, I, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I think that, you know, the, the interceptions this year are an, anom an anomaly, I would say. Like, over, I think over his career, Dak has one of the best touchdown interception yeah. ratios ever. And so this year, yes, we saw that, you know, on Saturday, the interception in the first series, mm -hmm. that didn't look good. But after that, he looked like he's been looking all season long, which is efficient and effective. And so, yes, the penalties could be a question mark. 
I saw fewer penalties on Saturday. I think that's an issue where you say, man, we were really penalized last year. We can address this and be better for a playoff push. I don't think penalties are going to be what hurts the Cowboys down the line. I, I think in terms of, like, we're watching this terrible turnover, right? I, I think that, that you know, sometimes it's, you know, maybe just like this small lap, you know, lapse yeah. in focus at a, at a critical moment. Th- think of the Bills. Like, Josh Allen's yes. on his own goal line. He fumbles a snap. You know what I mean? Like, yep. and we talk about Josh Allen like he's a perfect player. And, look, he's pretty close. But, like, at the same time, like, everybody will have mistakes like that. The question ends up being is when you're the only game on because it's mm-hmm. a playoff game and everyone's watching it mm-hmm. and your season ends if it doesn't happen, like, do you have that lapse right there? But I think in terms of, like, is he good enough? Can he get hot and go? Like, yes, yeah. I like the answer. But it's not even the lapse for me. I think it's the ability to overcome the laps. No yeah. one's perfect, like you mentioned. Josh yeah. Allen, we saw this last week, threw a couple interceptions against the Bears. That game was close until it got away late in the game. But I think the Cowboys have what it takes, at least now with T.Y. Hilton stepping up, with Michael Gallup playing better. I think they have what it takes to overcome those lapses if the guys around him play well enough. The question still remains the offensive line. Right? Dak got sacked six times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Tyra Smith, isn't, you know, he's yeah. still struggling at the right tackle position, still trying to learn a different position. That's going to be the biggest question for the Cowboys, in addition, obviously, to their defense. Nick, final word on this for now. Yeah, my, big, my biggest question for the Cowboys is, is that defense going to be able to step up in those important moments and get those kind of big plays, sacks or interceptions? I think we have to accept that this is not a dominating defense. This is not a defense that's just going to shut you out all game. But they have really, really talented playmakers and guys like Diggs and obviously Micah Parsons. And they're going to have to, even in a shootout, at some point they're going to have to make some plays. And they made some. They created turnovers against the Eagles. But it's just a hard way to live week in and week out, like hoping to make these big plays and not being a stable defense. I have really very few concerns about the offense. They've proven themselves week in and week out that they can put up numbers against just about anybody and play well enough. The question is, like like Kim Kimberly started out this segment, do we have those big signature defensive plays that we come we become accustomed to with great teams that make Super Bowl runs? Is Micah Parsons going to be able to do it? Week in and week out, because they're going to need two or three of them every week. All right, we're going to dig in on the Dallas defense a little bit later in the show. But now I want to talk about a team and a quarterback that is not going to make the playoffs, and that is the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson. Uh, General Manager George Payton says the team still believes in Russell Wilson. These comments coming the day after uh, head coach Nathaniel Hackett was fired. Payton said that Wilson's subpar play was not the driving factor in the decision to fire Hackett. Uh, Take a listen to what he had to say. He'll be the first one to tell you he didn't play up to his standard, didn't play up to our standard. He needs to be better. Uh, I don't think we made a coaching move based on Russ. You know That wasn't what it's all about. That's, why, that's not why we're getting a new coach to turn around Russ. It's about the entire um, organization. It's about the entire football team. It's just not one player. Uh, it's not whether Russ is fixable or not. Uh, we do believe he is. We do. So they need a new coach, and they fire their coach with two weeks to go, and why do you do that? So you can get a head start on the interview process, and now people are connecting, as they will with all the coach openings this year, Sean Payton, who's out of work uh, and, uh, and seems like he wants to get back into coaching. If someone like that came in, could Russell Wilson be fixed? Yeah, I think if you say, okay, what's fixed mean? Can he be significantly better than he's been this season? If we say, like, that that means fixed. Not, hey, can he be the best he's ever been, right? So if, mm-hmm. my answer to that would be yes. Just for perspective, Hembo passed this along. 
There are three quarterbacks in NFL history with a career passer rating of over 100 throughout their career. Patrick Mahomes, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson. So the, what, the reason I bring that up is this. Most quarterbacks that are really good players, their play may decline. You know, they're not as elusive. They lose a little bit of arm strength. They're maybe not as accurate. But they're better at the line of scrimmage in terms of seeing things beforehand uh, and getting into the right play or kind of anticipating where you're going to go with the football. I think he can get back to that. Okay, I, I think like this idea that his play is just going to completely fall off I just I don't think you see really good players. I don't think you see that happen to them really at any position. Yeah. You know, much less quarterback. But that's that's what's amazing about this year with correct. Russell, so that's it why appears I think this that is that's an what outlier. happened. Mm-hmm. Right. So what are you hearing when you talk to people around the league on this? I think we're asking the wrong question. Not can Russ on, be fixed. That's the right question. <laughs> I just can, can the question of can Russell be fixed or can Sean Payton fix him? I want to know does Sean Payton want to fix Russ? Yeah. Because we can talk all day about Sean, but Sean Payton, I think, at this point, he has all, he has his pick of the litter. Yeah. As long as the team has the, the capital to make a move to get him. But does he want to go to Denver and want that on his ledger? Some guys will say, you know what, I understand to come to Denver, you have to fix Russ. I don't know if I want to do all that. I really don't. Yeah, Nick, I mean, again, we reached the point where Russell Wilson might not be a, a selling point here for the next coach. What are you looking at with Russell? Well, first of all, Dan, I think you ate, you asked great questions. Insightful questions. I know you got my back. Yeah, I do appreciate that. Yeah, I, I I don't. Yeah, it's hard for me to to be optimistic about the future of Russ because you have to remember that his stint at the end of the time with Seattle was pretty bad too. It's not just this season. He's kind of been in trouble for a while and when you watch him play there really isn't much redeemable on the field I I think back to when Russell was at his best it was outside the pocket it was kind of improvisational stuff and I don't know if it's a lack of athleticism that's made it harder for him to recreate that or comfort in this system but he had issues and like I mentioned he had issues at Seattle I think um, to Kimberly's question this is not a job I want this is not a situation that I want to be in if I'm a coach with, with options. I don't want to go in and try to uh, remake Russell Wilson. Sacho, what are you seeing with Russell? Well, with Russell, I think there's ways to improve with a new coach, right? So the, okay. It, okay, are, are some of the qualities redeemable? Yes. Now to the question of if you're Sean Payton, do you want to come in there? I think Kmart makes a great point. Maybe it's not Sean Payton. Right, if Sean Payton has all this leverage, he doesn't want yeah. to go there, then great. There are other coaches around. People have thrown out Jim Harbaugh as one of the names that can come in there that actually can help change the culture and build a winning team in Denver. And so for me, if I'm sitting back and saying, man, it's got to be Sean Payton, I actually doesn't have to be Sean Payton, part one. And part two, there's only 32 head coaching jobs yeah. in the NFL. So you could talk about, man, I don't want this job or that job. There are 32 jobs, and a lot of that money, all of it is guaranteed, Kmart. So just I, 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 yeah, I'll, if just I'm not complaining it's a about job it. doesn't mean it's the right job for you. I I'm think not, a, but I'm not talking about for yeah. Sean Payton. I'm talking about for yeah, a, a coach right. to come in. You have a quarterback who knows how to win, right? He may not be the best. He may not be at his prime, but it's better than some other people. Yeah. So. All right, we got more on this later in the show as well, but much more to discuss uh, when we come back, including Philadelphia's MVP quarterback with a huge question. Mark, MVP candidate, excuse me. Rust or rest for Jalen? Do the Eagles need to rush Hurts back this week? Plus, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are going streaking. Is the most dangerous team in the NFC one that hasn't even made the playoffs yet?
Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, or you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals. That's dell.com slash deals. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Delicious, meat nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Breaking news on Get Up this morning. The Washington Commanders have named Carson Wentz as their starting quarterback this Sunday against the Browns. Washington uh, wins out. They will make the playoffs. They need to win their last – well, if they win their last two games, they'll make the playoffs. Taylor Heineke benched for Carson Wentz. Tim, you like this move? Uh, not really. I don't. Um, <laughs> look, I, I just – I, I, I get it. You're trying to win two games. Look, I, could Carson Wentz do that? Sure, he can. I think they want him to protect the ball. Heineke wasn't doing that. But I think Heineke was generating a lot of offense for them. So – I think the team responded to him. I'm, yeah. I'm somewhat surprised by it. We will see what happens. You know who's watching this closely is the Green Bay Packers uh, who are chasing the Washington Commanders for that final NFC playoff spot. Green Bay will be hosting the 12-3 Vikings this week in a game they have to win. The Packers beat the Dolphins on Sunday 26-21 to extend their winning streak to three games. And that streak has pulled them within a half game of that final NFC playoff spot. If they beat the Vikings and Lions at home the next two weeks, all they need is one loss by the Commanders uh, or two by the Giants to get them into the dance. Aaron Rodgers, their quarterback, talked about which team he's rooting for this week on the Pat McAfee Show. We're all going to be uh, uh, bronze fans this week. Hell yeah. Oh, bronze. Wow. Definitely uh, pulling for the Browns. And obviously, we've got to take care of our own business. But, I mean, we got a big jump. Uh, 
jump of confidence uh, this last week. A lot of people were probably saying, oh, you beat a couple bad teams and the Bears and the Rams. Whoa. You know, now see what happens when you play against a good football team. We went down to Miami, played a good football team, and, and uh, had a really nice second half and uh, came out of there with a big win. <laughs> Dominique, uh, we, we gave up on the Packers weeks ago, but here they still are. Are they going to make yeah. the playoffs? Nah, I don't think so. Like, I think we have to look at the breadth of this season. They've been an inconsistent football team, so I think they'll probably drop one of these next two games. But they've improved. It's encouraging for next season, and it's nice to see a happy Aaron Rodgers. So sick of seeing Aaron Rodgers look all mad and sad every week. It's nice to see him now a little refreshed, happy, optimistic. Aaron Rodgers is fun. I, I can't, Mart, I feel like you agree with Dominique on this one, too. I know. It's wild. I don't know what's happening today. Um, I, I think he's only – I think Aaron Rodgers is only happy because he's looking to prove people wrong. Mm. I don't think any team wants to face this Packers team in the playoffs. They're playing with house money. Everybody wrote them off. But I think it's a little – it's too little too late for this Packers team. Tim, you agree? You think the Packers are a scary team if they get in? Uh, um, yeah, I think they can win a playoff game if yeah. they get in. I, but I think they're getting in. I mean, just, when we looked at that path, okay, look, they've got to win their next two. The Vikings have clinched this playoff spot. The environment after that happens relaxes people a little bit. I don't know if that's a good thing for Minnesota. Then Detroit, the end of the year, Aaron's playing well. Sam brought up the point about, you know, guys around Dak kind of stepping up and playing better. I think the guys around Aaron yes. have stepped up yeah. and started playing better. And so, look, if – I just think they win their next two. And if they win their next two, and you're talking about one of those other things to happen in terms of the commanders Man, losing the game, yeah, yeah. like – I'm taking Green Bay in that. I'm taking Green Bay, but not all the way as far as you're taking Green Bay. I think they do win the next two, right? Okay. Green Bay in December. So you think they win the next two? Yes. And you think the Commanders don't lose? Correct. Okay. Right. Correct. So, so, so look at so it's Commanders. The Commanders got the Browns. That's the first. That's the first hurdle. Deshaun Watson is playing better, right? But right now the Washington Commanders, their playoffs have started like today. Like when this game on Sunday, this is a playoff game. We completely understand it. I think you can win the game against the Browns. Hopefully Deshaun Watson, like you saw last. Last week, maybe there's a turnover here or a turnover there. You stop the run, you get a chance to win that game. Then last week, you played the Dallas. Dallas, a team that may be resting their starters in the last game of the season. Or playing for a one seed. That's also true. <laughs> this is also true. And then you go to the, the, the New York Giants, which they're playing the Colts. We assume that's going to be a win. So I think that the Packers do win out. But as I'm going back looking at this Washington Commanders team, I think they find a way to win both of these games. Even, not even, especially with Carson Wentz, the quarterback. Especially. Let me tell you why. So, these <laughs> la- so, so Taylor Heineke, I get it, right? He's provided a spark and offense. We were talking about this off yeah. camera. But the turnovers have been the issue for him. That's the thing you say we want to beat Washington. We got to force turnovers. He has four fumbles. They should have won la- that Sunday night football game. It's because of, of the officials. I was there. They should have won. Washington, Heineke's the fighting Heineke should have won. Had, he, had four, he, had four turnover, he has four fumbles in the last three games. Mm-hmm. Last week against San Fran, it was a close game. You saw the interception in the fourth quarter. You saw the fumble in the fourth quarter. Quarter. That's the issue. So I think hopefully Carson Wentz doesn't have a turnover issue, and then you get a chance to win. We were talking about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, and now all of a sudden we're talking about Wentz and Heineke and the Commanders. I don't yeah. know what happened to this conversation. <laughs> it's a playoff because, because, because they need help. Because Aaron, they need help. They need I help. Mean, back in the you just don't picture. want Aaron Rodgers on your case. He no, you asked the great care about that. It was a great question. I think that's how we got it. I was trying to ask the right question. That's all this is about. Coming up, we're going to ask some questions about the Philadelphia Eagles. Big decision there. Do the Eagles need to rush Jalen Hurts back to try and clinch the number one seed? Or is resting him more important? Come back and talk about that with us next. 
Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Back on Get Up with this morning's wake-up call. And if you didn't see what Luka Doncic did last night, you absolutely have to. Dallas trailed the Knicks by nine with under 30 seconds left, and they managed to tie it. Here's how that sounded on Bally Sports Southwest. Stranger things have happened. Yes, they have. Nothing shocks me about this game. And that drew win. Absolutely unbelievable. Mavs would go on to win the game in overtime. Luka has dropped 50 points in two of his last three games after doing so just once in his first 293 career games. He set the Dallas Mavericks record for career 50-point games and for points in a game last night, passing Dirk Nowitzki in both. Our quarterback, Tim Hasselbeck, is with us to run through some uh, quarterback quick reads. Tim, is Patrick Mahomes your clear-cut MVP favorite? Yes, I think Jalen Hurts was a legitimate threat to, you know, Patrick Mahomes in terms of winning the MVP. Obviously missing time, you know, with the injury doesn't help that. And Patrick Mahomes has been so good. You know, you just think about, you know, how this offense looks, especially late in the year, fresh in people's mind in terms of when they vote. And so, really don't see any scenario where he's not the guy. And then especially when you consider things like the way that Josh Allen has turned the football over. Tom Brady has not looked the same this season. Is he finally done? I actually don't believe that he is. Oh. I, you know, I would have said that this was his last year coming into the season. I think the way this has gone, 
Um, and I think there's a lot of dynamics at play. I usually believe that the guys that are older, it's kind of the family dynamic that makes them walk away, you know, missing kids' events, things of that nature. I don't know. I just think with changes in his life, I think we see him play another year of football. We'll keep an eye on where that might be. Can Jalen Hurts lead the Eagles to the Super Bowl? He absolutely can. I, I mean, I think in terms of, you know, we look around the league and say, hey, is this guy good enough to help a team win a Super Bowl? There's no doubt that Jalen Hurts is good enough to help the Eagles win a Super Bowl. In fact, I think offensively they will end up doing doing it on his back because of all the different things they ask him to do. So, yeah, there's no doubt about it that they have a quarterback that's good enough to get it done. Unfortunately for them right now, that quarterback is injured, and he missed yeah. their last game with a shoulder injury, a sprain to his, his throwing shoulder, and we don't know if he's going to play this week. We don't know if he's going to play next week. They've said they don't think it's season-ending, but right now uh, he is hurt. So if, if he has to rest, if he can't play until their playoff game, which might be still four weeks from now if they get the bye, like, Dominique, how concerned are you about him performing in the playoffs if he has that kind of layoff? Yeah, I'm not very concerned. I think the most important thing for Jalen Hurts is to be healthy. This offense is predicated on its ability to attack you in a bunch of different ways, and one of those ways is design quarterback run. Right now, with his shoulder hurt, I think they're less likely to run those design quarterback runs, which does like severely limit this offense. So the most important thing for me is to get him as healthy as possible. And if it takes him a quarter or so to get in the swing of things in that first playoff game, so be it. You don't want to go into a game without all of your potential weapons. And that big weapon that I, I'm concerned about is Jalen Hurts' ability to run the football. Okay. Agree, he needs to be healthy. That's the number one thing. But counterpoint, a 34-day layoff is a very long time to me. And I, I would feel better if I see Jalen Hurts before the regular season ends. Whether it, Maybe it's not this weekend, but week 18, I would feel better seeing Jalen Hurts just because of that long layoff. But again, we all obviously want him to be healthy. So if he can play, he's healthy enough, I think he should play. So I, I, I think that we need to probably just sort of turn the question a little bit, right? Because obviously if he's not healthy, they're not going to play him, right? right. They're not going to force him into a game if he's not ready to play. But if they, if they clinch the one seed, like if they win this week with Gardner Minshew and they, have, and they have nothing to play for in week 18 and he is healthy enough to play, do you think there's value in him participating in that game? Yeah, absolutely. And that's yeah. a better question. I love how you're thinking about it. I'm doing it. She's holding No, there's absolutely value in Jalen Hurts playing not hurt, right? Playing healthy. Yeah. Just to get back into the rhythm right. with your offense. Get back to the rhythm. Not just practice. If practice is one thing, but real game action, real game opponents, it changes things. And so there absolutely is value in Jalen Hurts playing if he's healthy. But if he's still injured yeah. at, at all, there's no point in playing. I don't care if it's a one seed, a right. two seed, a seven. I don't care what the seed is. You need him for the playoffs. You don't need him just to get a bye week. So that's the issue. If he's healthy, get him reps. If not, get him rest. I, I do think how, how that how you pose that last one is the key there. It's a better because, question, right? You I mean, I'm, 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 I'm teachable with these questions. But, like, here's what I, I – I think I think if you if if week 18 doesn't matter, yeah. but mm -hmm. he is healthy enough to play, I think you 100% play him. Mm -hmm. And and I'm not saying you run him on a bunch of quarterback runs, right. and I'm not saying you play the the whole game. But 34 days off that that was the thing for me. I said five five weeks of not playing, 34 days off from the speed of the game, and then entering back into it with the magnitude of the playoff intensity mm -hmm. and speed. 
I'd be really concerned about that. I think it would be hard at any position. I think that it's really difficult at quarterback, and the margin for error in playoff games is small. You can't afford a bad first quarter, right. you know, right. like in, in some yeah. of these games. So that, that, would, that would concern me. But why is it – can I ask you – so, you know, it's – why is it more important at the quarterback position? T- timing, anticipation, yeah. like, like, like the margin. Listen, the difference for a quarterback throwing an interception, you know, could be a ball, ball placement, mm-hmm. you know, six inches in difference. You know, like things like that or, you know, on the back hip of somebody, you know, outside the frame of his body that turns into a turnover. You know, like I, so to me, those things are concerning. That's a great point. So, Dominique, final word on this for now. It's, You're wrong. No, nah, it's just all um, quarterback propaganda. Your important, your position is not that important. It's not more important than everybody else. It's not more difficult than everything else. I think that Jalen Hurts will be fine. No, seriously, I understand the quarterback position. It, it matters, and the timing matters. But where I think I disagree with all of you is I think Jalen Hurts is healthy enough to play right now. The reason why they aren't playing him right now is because they've earned that luxury. So why throw in that luxury and then um, subject him to – some more risk. Right. Like, I, think they, <laughs> I don't know. That, that's a good I mean, question. you think if they need it, you think if they need it. He, so the, the game that he got injured in, he finished playing. If they yeah. were in the like hunt to make the playoffs, I, I imagine Jalen Hurts would still play. So you're right. I'm not in the training room. I don't know how injured he is, but assuming based on the fact that he finished the game he got injured in, they would have kept him going. They've earned this luxury, so why not enjoy it? I, I'm in no rush to get Jalen Hurts back on the field. He's shown that if he has anything, it, it's like the mind of a quarterback and the mind of a football player that can overcome it. I think he'll be fine in the playoffs if they have to rest him. Did finish that game, but did not practice at all last week. We'll see what happens when they get out on the practice field this week, uh, and we'll find out hopefully how healthy he really is. Dominique is suspicious. The <laughs> college football playoff semifinals are nearly upon us. Defending champion Georgia is a six-and-a-half-point favorite over Ohio State in the Peach Bowl. It is strength versus strength in this one, as the Dogs have the number two scoring defense in the nation, while the Buckeyes enter with the number two scoring offense. The other semifinal, Michigan is a a seven-and-a-half-point favorite over TCU. That's in the Fiesta Bowl. Heisman runner-up Max Duggan leads the Horned Frogs against a Wolverines team that is outscoring opponents by nearly 27 points per game, which leads all of the FBS this season. So, just a couple of days away from these huge games, and Michigan legend Desmond Howard gets up with us. Des, (laughs) let's start talking about that Michigan game. How does Michigan need to handle their business to make sure they don't get upset by TCU on Saturday? Well, I tell you what, that's going to be a tall task because um, this TCU team been watching them all year long, and um, they're a very resilient team. Uh, Max Duggan, like you said, he was a uh, runner-up in the Heisman, and he's a guy that's the heart and soul of that that whole team, not just the offense. And they come and go as Max Duggan does. I mean, in the in the championship game, the Big 12 championship game, I mean, he almost willed his team to victory. He averaged. 7.3 yards per carry. You see him right there, and that's what Michigan's going to have to contain. Contain his explosive plays in the running game. That's what he can do with a lot of damage. Just those plays that are impromptu. You think you got him, and you think he's about to get sacked, and he just comes out of the back end, and he runs for like 40 yards. He's hurt teams time and time again throughout the season with his legs. He can throw the ball. He's a legit dual-threat quarterback. He really reminds me, because of his toughness and his mindset, 
of a right-handed Tim Tebow. Well, that's a pretty good comparison. We're talking about college football and big games. Uh, the Michigan's run game, they're going to be without their top running back, Blake Corum. So who needs to step up for that Wolverines offense? Well, I tell you what, the, the thing about Michigan's offense, when you really study them, they're just so balanced, right? Now, of course, when Blake was in there, he kept the offense on schedule, but it was a dual, it was a two-back situation with Donovan Edwards. And then when Blake went down, obviously he didn't play in the Ohio State game, and Donovan Edwards became the featured back, then Donovan Edwards showed you what he's been showing you all year long. They had an incredible one-two punch, but there was not a drop-off when uh, Blake Edwards went out of the game and Donovan Edwards came in. Donovan's an explosive back. We saw it a year ago when he came in doing some reserve duty. And now this year, obviously now he's the pre the feature back, the primary back. And he's a guy, too, that's excellent as a receiver out of the backfield. Now, he's probably going to play with a cast on his right hand uh, like we saw him in the Ohio State game and the Purdue game. But the thing about it, it does not slow Donovan Edwards down. And like I said, they have balance. They got tight ends. They got wide outs. A very balanced attack led by the offensive coordinator, Sharon Moore, who I don't think is getting enough credit for the magnificent job he's done this year with the uh, Wolverines offense. And that's one of the semifinals. The other one, as we mentioned, Georgia and Ohio State. Georgia, the, the defending champion, the heavy favorite, but – Former Buckeye Maurice Claret is not having it. He had some strong words for Ohio State, Ryan, Ohio State coach Ryan Day about this game. Listen to what he had to say yesterday. I'm rooting for Ryan Day, but I purposely make these comments uh, on purpose, hoping that they get to him. I hope they get to him, and I hope it infuriates him, and I hope that he knows that this is a major moment. He can uh, make something for his legacy. I hope the players know as well that they can, they can make something of themselves because – the stakes are high and the moment is important and everybody's watching you. And now it's like, what do you want to do? Interesting comments for sure. Look, they, 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 Ohio State lost to Michigan to end the season. If they underwhelm against Georgia, is that, I mean, do you agree with what Maurice Claret had to say there about Ryan Day? And are we looking at him differently? I heard no lies. Um, well, shoot, November 26th when we were in Columbus and the uh, game they did, the, pre, the, the show that we normally do Saturday mornings and we talked about this game, I said that, listen, there's a lot of stake for Ryan Day in this game because he lost a year ago in Ann Arbor. Now, people, you know, they came up with multiple excuses saying it was snowing and all this stuff. But then now you're in Columbus and you have the guy at that point who was, a, a you know, I don't know if he was the front runner, but you have a quarterback in C.J. Stroud who – a lot of people thought could potentially win the Heisman. You got Marvin Harrison Jr., one of the best receivers in the country. It was a beautiful 50 degrees outside, so there were no excuses. But then Michigan won by, you know, at least three touchdowns again. So at that point, all the fan base cares about for the Ohio State Buckeyes is the Michigan game. You can say his winning percentile is over 90%. As they watched their team get handled by Michigan for a second year in a row, that was the last thing on their mind. What's our head coach's winning percentage? So now he do have an opportunity to, say, to show that they can compete on a high level against the number one team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs. If they go out there and handle their business and upset Georgia, then that will go a long way in helping his fan base forget about what happened uh, November 26th in the shoe. 
He is the great Desmond Howard. Thanks so much for getting up with us this morning. We are all fired up and looking forward to Saturday, that's for sure. We keep on bowling today with three more games on ESPN. ESPN Deportes in the app. UCF squares off against Duke in the military bowl presented by Periton in our first game at 2 Eastern. Then Kansas faces Arkansas in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. And at 9 Eastern, Texas Tech takes on Ole Miss in the Tax Act Texas Bowl. When we come back, is Derek Carr's career in Vegas stalling out? Is it time for the Raiders to move on? And if so, what would that mean for Devontae Adams? We're going to talk about all of that next. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, it's time for a new segment we're calling A Guy or The Guy, and I think the meaning of this will make itself evident to you shortly. (laughs) Tim, is Mac Jones the guy for the Patriots, or is he just a guy? He's just a guy. Even when they drafted him, I I think from an athletic perspective, if you were to look around the league, he's a guy. And then, look, they benched him at one point for Bailey Zappi, who... You know, it was not a high-round draft pick. Also a guy. Uh, also they a guy. View him. <laughs> I think they view him. I wasn't asked that. I think right. they view him as a guy. I think that's where they are with Mac Jones already. Sam Acho, Kirk Cousins. Is he the guy for the Vikings or is he a guy? Kirk Cousins is the guy for the Minnesota Vikings. Why? Last year, remember all those one-score losses we talked about with Minnesota? They couldn't get over the hump. This year, yes, new coach, yes, new defensive coordinator, but all of a sudden, they have all these one-score wins. Kirk Cousins has to be attributed for some of this success. It's not on the defense side of the ball while they're winning. It's all about the offense. He is having a big year, that's for sure. Kmart, this is one that got us fired up yesterday. Derek Carr, is he the guy for the Raiders, or is he just... Guys, I feel like I'm kicking a helpless puppy by answering this question. I think Derek Carr is just... I feel like Derek Carr is just a guy, and I love Derek Carr. I think he's been an ultimate leader in this locker room, especially in 2021. But when you look at the 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 quarterbacks around the league, there might be 8 to 11 guys that Derek Carr is better than. Is that good enough? I just don't think so. 
It's interesting. We were talking about this yesterday. It got, it got people fired up. Like, Bart Scott and Damian Woody oh. were kind of going at it uh, on this topic. So, listen, it's not cut and dried, right? Yeah. There are, there are, there's money associated with this. And here's the deal with Derek Carr's contract. No guaranteed money left after this season. He'll make $32.9 million next year if he's on the team. Uh, that money becomes fully guaranteed shortly after the Super Bowl if he's still on the team. And then a portion of the 2024 salary also becomes guaranteed. So that's what's at stake for them Those financially. zeros are important. If they keep him. <laughs> right. But that, that right-hand column gives them all the flexibility uh, that we're talking about here. So if Josh McDaniels, after his first year as their coach, and Derek Carr and the, the whole entire team's really been a disappointment. He's leading the league in one category that's interceptions. Uh, Dominique, what... What would you be doing if you're the Raiders? Yeah, I mean, I think best case scenario is you keep them on and you manage to find one of these teams who really needs a quarterback and feels like they're a quarterback away and you can get some, like, draft capital in exchange for Derek Carr. But other than that, you stick with Derek Carr. I, I don't imagine that you're going to find someone better than him uh, in the draft or in free agency. Derek Carr has a high ceiling. It's just the consistency isn't there. If they're looking to make some sort of push in the near future, it's going to be with their car. If they're looking to do a complete rebuild and see if they can get in the, the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, then that's a whole nother story. Well, that would be, yeah, that, that is a whole different story that we'd certainly be talking about next year. Part of D. Wood's point yesterday was, like, you're not going to win – the AFC West, as long as Mahomes and yeah. Justin Herbert are there, if Derek Carr is your quarterback. What do you think about that? So I think that I think I got a little bit distracted by that logic, like Damian's logic of how you get there. Like, hey, if your guy's not as good as Patrick Mahomes, then get rid of him. Mm. Well, like, if that's the case, like, right. everybody get, get rid of everybody. everybody. Yeah. I mean, like, you can't make the argument to keep, like, three quarterbacks anyway. You know what I mean? So, I, so I think that – I was initially distracted by that. Like, if that's your reasoning for it, like, no, you don't move on from Derek Carr. I think it's easier to get worse at the position than get better at the position when, you go, when you're starting from Derek Carr, saying that. Now, if there was some reason that you felt like there was a way to get somebody that was maybe closer to Mahomes, and, and you would have – there's obviously back channels to, to figure out if that's the case, then fine. But other than that, Derek Carr is a quarterback going forward for me. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest point, in Graz, you brought this up in our pre, in our call before. On February fifteenth, that thirty three million or thirty million is it thirty thirty three next year? Yeah, is is guaranteed. Yeah, but we saw all those zeros. And seven the following year. Yeah, yeah. seven the following. Impressive. But you saw all those zeros. There's no more guaranteed money left, and so there actually is an out for the Las Vegas yeah, Raiders. Yeah. Now, the question is, will you get someone better than Derek Carr? I think the answer is no. Like, how do you know you're going to get someone in free agency? Is, right. if it's gonna, is it going to be a trade in the offseason? That's my issue. Who are you going to get that's better if you just want to let him go because you don't want to pay him that so money? So would you rather Jimmy Garoppolo? But I'm think, saying like, nope. but it's not clear. But that's right. your you know conversation. I mean? like, yeah. Dominique's saying no. Listen, hey, I want to ask another question, <laughs> and I think this is a good one. <laughs> Dominique. I want to hear a good question. Devontae Adams went there because he and Derek Carr are friends. Do the Raiders have to consider this when they're making this decision? 
Well, I mean, it, I think they have to consider it, but I think uh, that's a good story for Devontae Adams to, to tell, but he's also there because they gave him a whole lot of money. And, and, and Vegas is very different from Green Bay. My right. guess is that Devontae Adams is not going to send that money back because they cut his buddy. I, I, I assume that he's going to show up to whatever quarterback is there and make the best of the situation. But I do think that what Derek Carr means to that team is, is more than what you – more than what we can just estimate based on looking right. from a distance. It feels like Derek Carr does uh, present himself, at least, as a leader and someone that a lot of those guys want to follow and support. He has shown that. So we'll see if they give him – they'll have a tough decision to make, uh, and they'll have to make it pretty soon as we uh, discussed regarding those financials. So when we come back, disarray in Denver. Whose fault is it? Can the next coach actually fix Russell Wilson? We're talking about another downtrodden AFC West team when we come back. <laughs> 